Journeying with Newman, The Path to Sainthood. Newman on Education. My name is Joseph Harrison and I'm still at school and I'm just about to go off to university. I'm at the London Oratory School, which is only here because of John Henry Newman. So, of course, Newman is a very big part of my school life. And I'm also fortunate enough to be going to university next year to Oxford and to Newman's College, Oriel. Of course, that is, provided I get the grades. I really feel that Newman is a great source of wisdom and that what he says is also really relevant for the modern world. I've got a short extract from his writings, which, quite fittingly, is about education and the way that we build up our mind. And I think it's a very nice reflection on something that's quite a modern issue as well. A liberal education brings the mind into form, for the mind is like the body. Boys outgrow their shape and their strength. Their limbs have to be knit together and their constitution needs tone. They mistake animal spirits for vigour and are overconfident in their health, ignorant of what they can bear and how to manage themselves. They are immoderate and extravagant. This is an emblem of their minds. At first, they have no principles laid down within them as a foundation for the intellect to build upon. They have no discriminating convictions and no grasp of consequences. And therefore they talk at random, if they talk much, and cannot help being flippant, or what is emphatically called young. They are merely dazzled by phenomena, instead of perceiving things as they are. It were well if none remain boys all their lives. But what more common than the sight of grown men talking on political or moral or religious subjects in that offhand idle way which we signify by the word unreal? An intellectual man, as the world now conceives of him, is one who is full of views on all subjects of philosophy, on all matters of the day. It is almost thought a disgrace not to have a view at a moment's notice on any question from the personal advent to the cholera or mesmerism. This is owing in great measure to the necessities of periodical literature, now so much in request. Every quarter of a year, every month, every day, there must be a supply for the gratification of the public of new and luminous theories on the subjects of religion, foreign politics, home politics, civil economy, finance, trade, agriculture, emigration and the colonies. Slavery, the goldfields, German philosophy, the French Empire, Wellington, Peel, Ireland must all be practised on, day after day, by what are called original thinkers. That they simply do not know what they are talking about is the spontaneous, silent remark of any man of sense who hears them. One of the big things that jumps out at me when I read this is how Newman describes people talking in an offhand, idle way about things they really don't know. We're all guilty of this. We often like to blag our way through conversations, like when friends are talking about a TV show that they've all watched and you decide that you can get through based on what you've heard and pretending that you've watched it. But I think that most of us have at one time or other had our bluff been called. Someone asks you a direct question about what you said you'd watched, and you're left umming and erring. It's obvious you really don't know what you're talking about. It's embarrassing. 
we were happily soaring through the air in cloud cuckoo land and suddenly we fall to the ground, battered and bruised. Most of us aren't dashing to the confessional after we pretend that we've watched all of Game of Thrones. It's just not that big a concern. But it can become big when issues are more important and the things that we get taught in university and at school are big issues. I think it's very easy to just say what you think the teacher wants you to say. Sit back, put your brain on autopilot. Thinking is work, often hard work. It's not easy to challenge things that are said to us, to think them through, to raise objections. From my point of view, I know it will be even more important when I go off to university, and absolutely crucial after that, with the global problem of fake news and offhand, idle political chatter. I shan't mention Brexit, that's something that Newman was spared from having to think about. There's a second point which really leaps out at me from this piece, which is his talk about a healthy mind being a lot like a healthy body. We have to actively care for and develop both. We have a sort of cult of appearance nowadays. Most people I know aspire to the perfect body, whatever that is. Everyone seems to be going on diets. My Lenten fasting looks silly in comparison to the hoops that many people try to jump through daily to just look a bit more attractive. A load of my friends get up really early in the morning to go to gym before school. Good for them. I actually need to exercise a bit more myself. But we do need to be careful that we don't lose track of why we do these things. A healthy body is a good thing, but if we don't have a healthy mind, then a lot of things go wrong. And we need to make sure that we exercise our minds like we exercise our bodies. As Newman says, in the same way that our limbs have to be knit together, so too do we need to try to develop our grey cells. I'll certainly think about this as I go off to university. We need a balance and perspective. We need to turn off autopilot, take control of our lives and our decisions, think things through properly, and stop trying to blag our way through without any real knowledge or understanding. And I feel that that's really what Newman is getting at in this piece.